You're listening to SBS News. Now, in your speech in Perth earlier this week, you identified some of the First Nations-led conservation and environmental programs that have been successfully adopted and implemented in the United States. How far down the track is the US in accepting traditional practices and traditional knowledge as part of mainstream conservation? Thank, thank you so much for the question. And first, let me say that I'm so happy to be here in Australia. I've had, a, I've had it's been an incredibly informative trip, and um, thank you for having me. Um, well, let's put it this way: Native Americans, Indigenous people, they were the first stewards of our lands. Uh, they stewarded land in America long before the first colonists set foot on the continent. And we all have something to learn from them. So uh, we're very proud of the work we've been able to do with, it, with, with tribally-led conservation, with um, co-stewardship of our beautiful public lands and waters. And I think that, you know, once you, once you can get something down, uh, because, yes, there's a lot of paperwork involved in some of these things. Once you do it for the first time, the second time becomes easier. Right. So um, so I think that this is something that we'll continue to do. Um, we base every every one of our actions with respect to tribes and the, these co-stewardship opportunities. Uh, it starts with tribal consultation. So uh, if tribes come to us and tell us they have an idea for uh, an indigenous led conservation uh program, we are happy to listen, and um, we all think it's a wonderful idea. We have so much to learn from the people who's who's for generations have stewarded our lands. Well, talking about learning, what, what do you think Australia might be able to learn from the process that your country has, has already been through? Well, uh, I'll just I'll let you know that last night we flew in from Uluru, so we had an opportunity to visit with uh, the community there, and we were led on a tour uh, to that park uh, by an indigenous ranger who knew so much of the culture and history of that region. And um, I was incredibly impressed, and I, I feel that uh, the United States and Australia, and Australia are on par with, uh, with a lot of the issues and how they're respecting indigenous-led conservation. So it was very impressive to see the work that they've done uh, with the cultural center, uh, with, with working uh, with the rangers. This morning we met with the uh, minister of the environment and she talked about um, wanting to increase indigenous rangers on these public lands here in Australia. Uh, twofold by the end of the decade. So I think there's forward movement here. There's forward movement in our country. And um, it'd be great to, to keep the conversation going about that. Yeah, our Indigenous rangers certainly do an amazing job right across the country. Now, your visit here to Australia comes at a really interesting time with the, with the national discussion focusing on an Indigenous voice to Parliament and First Nations Treaty. Now, your department has trust and treaty obligation to more than 500 American Indian and Alaska Native tribes. Have treaties delivered the economic prosperity and quality of life improvements that they are intended to in your country, or, or is there more work to be done? There's always, 
There's always more work to be done with respect to the trust and treaty obligations. Uh, that is one of my missions at the department. We, we are there to uphold the trust and treaty obligations of our nation's 574 federally recognized tribes. We have a Bureau of Indian Affairs and a Bureau of Indian Education in, uh, under, or within the Department of the Interior. So, um, I mean, it, yeah, I can say truthfully that um, there have been times in our history when treaties have been ignored. Uh, they haven't uh, done, the people managing those treaties haven't done the best job that they can. Um, but I feel that uh, we're in a new era for Indian country. We have the leadership of President Joe Biden, who has made tribal consultation, for example, a priority of his, his administration, not just for the Department of the Interior, but for every department in his administration. It's an all-of-government approach to ensuring that we are upholding those trust and treaty obligations. Um, it, it's basically, uh, it, to put it in, in simple terms, uh, in exchange for the land that became the United States, the U.S. government made treaties with tribes across the country um, and, and promised them certain things in exchange for this land. And so we have obligations as the federal government to uphold those with respect to health care, uh, economic development, the environment, education, housing. And so... Um, so to name a few. So we're, we work at those every day, but certainly I think uh, with Joe Biden as our president, he is ensuring that we're doing the best job possible. Well, well, as you know, Australia will hold a referendum later this year about enshrining an Indigenous voice to Parliament in our constitution. I'd be interested in your thoughts on that concept of direct First Nations representation to the Parliament. Do you see any pitfalls with that process? Thank you for the question. Um, at, look, as the, as the first Indigenous Cabinet Secretary in uh, the United States, uh, I feel for once I am I have a seat at the table um, all my life all of my grandmother's life for example uh, she was she uh, lived with the decisions uh, of a federal government that didn't always have her best um, interests at heart um, I'm proud to have a seat at the table to have the opportunity to direct policy and programs and quite frankly funding to the areas where, where tribes feel they need it most. Um, I think it, representation is important for me and for us, and that's why I ran uh, for my seat in Congress prior to becoming Secretary of the Interior. I was one of the first two Native American women ever elected to the United States Congress in our country's history. So, of course, representation is incredibly important. That's how I feel about my part in, in these issues in the United States. Um, as Minister Bernie said earlier when we had a conversation, it's up to the people of Australia. And I, I look forward to, to seeing that play out. I know that there are many people working very hard uh, to make sure that uh, the outcome is the way they would like to see it. And I just hope that everyone works incredibly hard and I'll be interested to see how things turn out here in Australia. How do you 
appropriately decide which of the many Indigenous voices in any one community is consulted on, on legislation like that which we're undertaking here in Australia at the moment? Yes, well, when I was a legislator um, in, the co- in the U.S. Congress, of course, we didn't do anything without ensuring that we had conversations with the folks in my district, for example. And so I, I know that um, everyone's working hard uh, to touch base with, with everyone across the country to make sure that they are hearing everyone. Um, you know, when we do uh, a locally-led um, conservation effort uh, through the Department of the Interior, we have many, many conversations with so many stakeholders. We want to make sure that we're getting uh, feedback from everyone involved. And, and, I, uh, and I think that when you, when you get feedback from everyone involved, those are the durable um, solutions. Those are the durable decisions that come out uh, of that work. And so uh, I know that everyone's working really hard and I just look forward to seeing it play out. Madam Secretary, thank you so much for your time today. It's, it's been fascinating to hear your insights. So thank you. Thank you.